who are God's sheep that belong to him, as referred to in, in John 10. God's sheep in John 10 are those like Abraham, David, Joseph, and any other saint of God, you know, the Hebrews 11, the, the people of faith who, who believed God and obeyed him by faith, um, who walked before God in obedience and faith prior to the full revelation of Jesus. God had given them a certain amount of light that did not include the full light of who Jesus Christ is. They received and walked in that light. They were following the voice of God already. So now when God showed up in human flesh, they would naturally recognize his voice in the person of his son, and they would continue to follow him as his sheep. This reference here should actually say John 6.45. That is a typo. But, but in John 6.45, um, um, and Jesus says, It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard... Uh, let me highlight that there. So everyone, Jesus says, everyone who has heard... Uh, hearing in the Bible is often synonymous with faith. So everyone who has heard and learned or listened to the Father comes to me. I think here in John 6, we're seeing Jesus confirm everything that we're saying here, is that at the point in time when Jesus showed up on the scene, there were those who were already hearing, believing, and learning or listening to the Father. And so when Jesus showed up, they would naturally receive him because they had already uh, been walking with him. Um, they, these people had already been hearing and believing God. And so again, when God shows up on the scene, they would naturally receive God uh, as their shepherd because they would recognize his voice. So to contrast what I'm saying and who I'm saying the sheep are with the other side, I want to look again at a quote from John Piper from an article that he wrote called Before You Believed, You Belonged. And so here he's, he's, this quote comes in when he's referring to basically all the things that we had to look forward to uh, as believers, eternal life and, and whatnot. So he says, all this is sure, all of the benefits we get as believers, uh, all this is sure, because before we belong to Jesus, we belong to the Father. Before we listen to the truth, we belong to the Father. Before we believed, we belong to the Father. Before we were drawn to the Son, we belong to the Father. And before we were willing to believe, we belonged to the Father. So let's look really quick at a few verses that tell us at what point in time we actually do belong to God. When does the Bible actually say that we uh, can rightly be said to belong to God? And is it before or after faith slash uh, having the Spirit? So again, what John Piper and what Calvinism would argue for is that prior to faith, prior to receiving the Spirit, we belong to God. Um, and so John 1.12, it says, But to all who did receive him, uh, or believed, to all who did believe and receive Jesus, who believed in his name, uh, actually it clarifies it right there, to believe is to receive, um, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So according to this verse, the clear order is first is receiving and believing, and, and it is after these these things 
that we are given the right then to become uh, children of God. Galatians 3.26, it says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ. So uh, we, there's a, in order to be a son, again, in order to, to be given that right, uh, to enter into, to pass through the doorway of Christ, that door that must be passed through in order to get that right, in order to be given this, this uh, title defined as a son of God, we have to come through faith, which obviously means faith comes first. If faith comes before being a child of God. That, that's just, there's no way around it that that is the clear biblical order of things. Um, 1 John 3.10 says, By this the children of God are distinguished. Uh, and this one's really interesting that I just kind of came by on accident as I was preparing for this video. Uh, but it says the children of God are distinguished from the children of the devil. So there's children of God, children of the devil. And then it says anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God not of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So I would encourage that the, the articles that I brought up, the, the quotes I, I mentioned from John Piper, I would encourage you guys to look at that article and, um, and look at what he says. In that, in that same article, um, he, he talks about how to be God's sheep is equal to being of God, um, which is what we're, we're seeing here brought up in 1 John. John uses that terminology a lot, to be of God or to be born of God, to, to be God's sheep. And in that article, John Piper basically equates all of these things as being the same. So to be of God equals to be God's sheep. To be of God equals belonging to God. To be of God equals being God's child. So let me explain here why that becomes a gigantic issue here. And it's already what we've been talking about, but, but, but listen to what John says here. He says, by this we know the, the children of God. Um, I, I was circling the wrong place there. This is where it says of God. Um, so th this is how we know the children of God, uh, how they are distinguished from the children of the devil. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. So if we follow that reasoning, again, John Piper in his article, he directly correlates this terminology of, of somebody who is said to be of God, that that equals being uh, God's sheep, or that equals, uh, it's, it's one and the same as belonging to God or being God's child. So to be of God equals being God's sheep, according to John Piper. But listen to what this is saying. It's saying that anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Yet what John Piper clearly argues for in that article is that while we were not practicing righteousness, while we were absolutely refusing belief and faith in God, dead in sins, um, and all those other descriptions that we, we gave, even while we were practicing unrighteousness, he would say that we were rightly defined as being sheep or rightly defined as being in the category of, of God. This verse just immediately, clearly, simply makes that an impossibility. 
and this I think makes really clear what I've been talking about, is that you cannot simultaneously be God's sheep while at the same time not being a sheep. You cannot simultaneously be practicing unrighteousness while being said to be of God or belonging to God or being his sheep. It's one or the other. You're either practicing unrighteousness, you're either an enemy of God who's practicing sin and and a child of wrath, not belonging to God, or you are one who practices righteousness and you do belong to God. You are his sheep. You can't be both at the same time. You're either one or the other. And what I think John Piper clearly argues and and, uh, the conclusion of what he says in in the article I mentioned and many more that I was looking into is that you can be simultaneously not practicing righteousness uh, while being said to be of God or God's sheep. And I think that is just an impossibility. Um, Again, if you want to read that article from John, I will post the link to that in the description of this video so you can read some of those quotes for yourself and hopefully uh, see some of the issues there with what he's saying. Um, And then finally, Romans 8.14, answering the question of when do we belong to God according to the Bible? Uh, Is it before or after faith? Romans 8.14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so Galatians, we know that uh, we receive the Spirit not by works of the law, but by the hearing with faith. So the Spirit comes, we're born again. It's Ephesians 1 also that after having received the, the message of the gospel that we believe, and then we're sealed with the Spirit. The Spirit comes to dwell in us after faith. And, and according to Romans 8.14, it is those who are led by the Spirit of God who, who can rightly be called sons of God or God's sheep. You cannot be God's sheep. You cannot belong to God. You cannot said to be his son uh, or his child, except that you have the Spirit of God who is leading you. Because it is only, here he gives a clear category of people, that there are those who are led by the Spirit, there, there are those who are not. It's the same thing that John is doing in this verse here where he says there's two categories of people. There are those who practice righteousness, which would equal there are those who are led by the Spirit, right? To be led by the Spirit is to practice righteousness, and there are those who do not. And it is only those who fit in the category of practicing righteousness and being led by the Spirit who can rightly be called sons of God, or to be of God, or to be God's sheep. And if you are outside of this, if, you, if this does not define you, if you are not one who is led by the Spirit, if you are not one who practices righteousness, then it cannot be biblically said that you are of God, that you uh, are a son of God, or that you are God's sheep. And so I believe with all that, the Bible is very clear that those who are God's sheep must have been those who were like Abraham, who were already walking with God. They were sheep, uh, not, not because of uh, a predetermined before the foundation of the earth election that they would be sheep while the, the rest of mankind would not be. Um, that's, that's just not what John's argument is about here. That's not the analogy of the sheep that he's going for. That's not the purpose of it. Uh, the sheep, again, if we just look at, if we look at John and we see the way he, he references Abraham over and over in, in these conversations is that Abraham was a sheep. 
because he was listening to God, obeying his voice. And if Abraham had been alive when Jesus came on the scene, um, Abraham was already being shepherded by God. And so if he had been on earth when God, his shepherd, appeared in human flesh, Abraham would have naturally, uh, he would have naturally believed and accepted Jesus because he had already been following him. He had already been listening to him. Jesus was already Abraham's shepherd. And that's why Jesus says that Abraham rejoiced to see his day. And then he goes on to say, before Abraham was, I am. So all that is to say that to, for Abraham to have been following God as, as his shepherd, which he was, he was following and obeying God, believing him. God was his shepherd, just like God was David's shepherd. Um, that is equivalent to Jesus being Abraham's shepherd. Um, and so, so the sheep of God in John 10 um, are not those who God predetermined to be sheep, again, while leaving the rest of mankind to damnation, but rather the sheep of God simply um, are those who, when Jesus arrived on earth, they had already been in a state of hearing God and learning from him. They had already been listening to the Father. They had already been responding to him. And, and so um, they had already been being shepherded by God so that when the great shepherd appeared in human flesh, they would naturally recognize his voice. <laughs>